Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, December 15th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmic Community, hosted by Lil Gaines with Cosmos Spaces, chatting with Jay Cartnell. Let's take a listen. Hey, Jake, I see you in there. I see you. Before we get started, man, um, let me bring up the, uh, the Cosmos Spaces profile up here for people to follow and stuff. You know how it goes. What a pleasure, what a pleasure to interview Jake today. I'm super excited. Super, super excited. What's up? How's it going? What's up, Jake? Just, you know, chilling. Yeah, yeah. You've been busy, huh, lately? Yeah, I've not actually really been chilling. But... <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, I'm glad you're here, bro. Glad you got a little bit of time to just hang out and chill. And yeah, I, I just want to get to know you better man these spaces like yeah i should pour my i should pour myself a drink but it's like 3 p.m here so i, I don't know it's a little early oh god uh, honestly fuck it yeah let me i'll go i'll go fix something up but just a little one and and what do you like to drink by the way i heard it's gin right gin is your thing i love gin uh i really love fernet and soda it's sick fernet and soda amazing nice uh, whiskey i'm just like straight up hard stuff you know <laughs> I love whiskey. I love scotch or uh, Scottish whiskey. My thing. Tequila, too. Tequila with a little bit of squirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tequila. Yeah. That's uh... We're, uh, great. We ran into each other in Austin, in Austin Texas. Um, I think you were drinking a tequila and squirt with me, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, not my. That's not my normal drink, though. That's like, uh, it just sounded good because it was like that was like so hot. Austin, it was like a hundred degrees everywhere. Yeah, it was so hot. It's humid there. I remember the Secret Network party, and we're on the rooftop, and it's like midnight, and there's like a breeze and stuff, and I'm wearing shorts and I'm just sweating, just drenched in sweat, and yeah, dude, that is crazy. Oh, oh, dude. By the way, so we have a challenge for you, right? <clears throat> and Ron was listening. He's the one that sent it to me. He said that you cannot do this interview um, and say, or what do you say? Hold on, hold on, hold on, before I get my words mixed up here. Oh, yeah, he said, 
if he can go 10 minutes of the interview without saying doubt, doubt or doubt, uh, he will only tweet about rocket emojis and about Juno for a week. What? I don't know what you think about that. All right. Yeah, let's go. I mean, I'll, I'll take a check. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what happens if I, if I fuck up this challenge. So. Oh, so that, I guess what he means like is, is if you, if you end up saying Dow Dow or Dow in 10 minutes of the interview, you have to post rocket emojis with, with Juno and on the tweet, like for a whole week, that's all you're going to do. Just tweet about rocket emojis and Juno for a whole week. <laughs> Fuck, this is gonna be hard, but like let's go. Someone set the timer. It's I don't think I don't think I don't think you're gonna make it, Jake. I don't know. I also don't think I'm gonna make it, but you know, the consequences aren't so bad, you know. Yeah. Did you get your drink yet? I I do have my drink. It is delicious. Oh man. So I got my drink too. But there's no alcohol in it yet. Because I actually have to work after the interview. So I don't think people would like oh. being drunk at work. <laughs> Lol. Building airplane parts. Lol. <laughs> no, thanks. Hey, it's, in, it's important. You got to build. Got to keep people safe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get this started. All right. So, guys. So, yeah, this interview is for Jake, right? We're doing this for Jake. We want to get to know Jake better. So... I'm going to ask that people don't request to speak. Um, but if you do have any questions, just drop them, in the, drop them in the comments section or send me a DM. And uh, I'll ask Jake some questions when I'm done with mine. All right. Cool. Thank you, guys. So, Jake, how you been, bro? I'm super fucking zen at the moment. Yeah. I'm just very determined. It's been a rough month, I think, for everyone. And, you know, I'm actually pretty good. You know, it's like, I feel, yeah, zen and determined. You're like, at peace. You're at peace. I'm at peace. Like, everyone's, like, gotten all the shit out. Great. We're ripping off all the band-aids. Awesome. Mm-hmm. If we're, we're moving forward. Like, yeah. This, this whole shit with, like, FTX and um, all the drama on Twitter. <clears throat> I mean, have you gone through this kind of stuff already? Uh, you've been in crypto for a while, you know? So has this, like... I have, but this is, like, my first time, like, really, really leading, like, high-profile projects through through these these times. But, yeah. I've, and honestly, FTX shit is... And the Terra collapse were, like, some of the craziest shit I've seen. Yeah. Like, really crazy. Um. It has been crazy, though. It has been crazy. Like, this is my second um, bear market because I got in crypto in 2018. And I it was a peak, peak of the bull, like, in 2018, right? And then it just fucking tanked. And we're, we were in a bear market for a while. And now I feel like we're we're getting close to that point. I don't think we're, like, at, like, major capitulation. But I think we're getting close to, like, full, 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 like, Okay, everything's bleeding. Everyone just doesn't give a shit no more. They don't pay attention because right now we still have like people like, yeah, they're in crypto. They're they're out there. They're they're still trading. But I don't feel like we've felt that major major pain. What what do you think? Uh, I kind of disagree. I feel like um, 
we felt a lot of fucking pain. <laughs> to me, I always look for like the 90% downturns and that's, we're, we're basically at that. Oh. And then I also look for people just like mass neg- max negativity. You know, I've, I've said before, like during the bull market, it's rose colored glasses and no one can see any problems. And during the, the worst of the bear market, no one can see anything good. And you see a lot of people giving up. And, hmm. um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I look for. It's just like, yeah, 90% downturn and, you know, just like max negativity and like a lot of people just giving up on the spacer and, you know, thinking it's doomed. It's funny because I, I talked to um, a few people and uh, I, I, was, I was got to start in ETH. Um, like, Kind of wrote a little bit of solidity. I was actually going to launch an ICO in early 2018, but um, that was fucking terrible timing because um, I, I wanted to like ship something that actually worked and not do another ICO scam, and that did not work out very well for me. <laughs> um, but I remember like all the negativity about ETH as it like slowly wound down to eighty dollars, and people are like, "It's dead. It's it's never coming back," you know. Um, but really, I think what happened is like a bunch of like the people that were really committed like stuck around and they like built like a bunch of really fucking awesome stuff. And then eventually, you know, times change. Nothing lasts forever, even bear markets. So when, okay. When was this when you were building the, um, you said 2001? Uh, it's like 2016 through, um, through 2018. Um, and then I, I foolishly had like all my money in crypto and I, Unfortunately, I had to get like a real job for like a year. Where was that at? But then I was Where like was that secretly, I, I can't say uh, <laughs> I signed NDAs, but I was working for one of the world's wealth- wealthiest people and I fucking hated it. And I saw what a shit show like the, like the corporate world is like, you know, if you think we wasted money on loop, I've seen fucking tens of millions of dollars just go down the drain on really dumb shit. Like, um, like, yeah. It, it made me realize that like the problems of organizations are not like unique to DAOs. We just criticize DAOs a little more because you said it. You said, it. you said the word. Oh no! Damn it. Well, it's rocket. It's rocket emojis with Juno now. I'm I'm happy to do that. I think the challenge was that so. I the rocket emojis. <laughs> I think that was a deal. But anyway, that that that's awesome. That's awesome. I had to, I had to point that out. Um. Is this now you're right? I fucking did it. God damn it. And, and Jake, like you working in that place, how long was it? How long did you work in there? It was like a year. Um, and then, uh, like COVID hit, and that was like the best thing ever because I could just like work from home and then just work on Cosmo stuff on the side. Um, like I knew Jehan, uh, Jehan's leading in Cosmos Hub development and like interchange security. And at the time, he was doing all Thea. I knew Jahan from like way, way back. Like um, the first startup I worked at, I actually took Jahan's job, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, we're cool. We're, we're, we're friends. Um, he's, he's great. Uh, but uh, I, I knew Jahan from way back and saw that he was like getting into like this Cosmos stuff. And I actually heard about Cosmos in late 2017. I went to this like Cal blockchain event because I went to uh, UC Berkeley uh, and Sonny was there and he was like talking about, you know, uh, IBC and Cosmos. And I was like, holy shit, this is really cool. Like at the time I was building like a data marketplace and there was a lot of problems, like just building solidity and like the honeymoon was over. 
as like as soon as you actually start trying to like build cool stuff in Solidity and on Ethereum, especially in like you know 2017, like the tooling was just not nearly as good. Um, and yeah, as soon as I heard about Cosmos and like the vision for the Internet of Blockchains, I was like, holy shit, this makes a lot of sense. And then uh, I saw that like Jehan was really getting into it, so I started like really diving into like Cosmos and like running validators for test nets. Um, like during 20, 2018. And then in 2019, I uh, met Jane at a cafe and he commented on my laptop stickers and he had a Cosmos sticker. And I was like, yeah, Cosmos is really cool. I've been like really getting into it. And this is 2019. So this is like before IBC. I think it was even before like the hub launched. And so he was like, no one knows what Cosmos is. Holy shit. And, uh, you know, the, the rest of this history, we started working on a decentralized social network because Stargaze was not always an NFT marketplace. Uh, <laughs> in fact, we were first called Rocket Protocol and uh, uh, no one wanted to invest in Cosmos at the time. So we, we just kept building and uh, uh, we bi- actually built like a whole decentralized uh, Twitter, uh, which never launched. Um, but, you know, I think, I think still things turned out for the best and it actually made a lot of sense to like pivot to NFT marketplace. Um, I can't, I can't tell you, Jake, like how many times I get an idea that I think is going to be the best thing in the world. I work on it and I'm like, Hmm, nah, nah, nah. You know, maybe this idea helped me create something better, you know, but it happens. It's it's normal. Yeah. I also think, uh, you know, at the time, like Cosmos was going through like a lot of changes, like IBC hadn't launched yet. The SDK was like changing like every month and there would just be these really painful, like breaking changes. Um, yeah, things are a lot better now. Um, you know, Cosmos is the shit now. I mean, it was, it was still really cool back then. I was, you know, um, but timing, timing is everything, you know, um, and it wasn't quite the right timing for that kind of idea, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more decentralized social networks over the next couple of years. I would love to see something like that, to be honest. I think that'd be so cool. Uh, the the one that I can think of right now that is close to it is um, Deep Deepub on the uh, Like Network. I don't know if you ever heard of it, Jake. Yeah, yeah, small, yeah, yeah. They're one of the OG Cosmos chains. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess I I guess I got a better understanding of why you have like this philanthropy approach to crypto. Um, because you worked in that place that you were like kind of disgusted, right? I, you don't have to say the name of the place, but I just want to know a little bit more of what it was like working at that place. Because we don't really, when we talk to like people like you, Jake, developers, you know, we don't really talk to them about, we don't, we don't really get about like their, their past history. Like, have you ever worked in a subway? Have you ever worked in a Walmart? You know? Oh yeah, totally. I worked, uh, I had to. I graduated during the recession from undergrad and that was like the worst time to like graduate. And so, yeah, I had a lot of really shitty jobs. I actually worked in a factory like, um, and, uh, that, that was pretty rough actually. Uh, had, a they gave us a math test and I scored the highest of anyone ever on the math test. Um, and then they gave me what was actually like a pre- like i'm really glad i didn't have to work on the paint line and like inhale a bunch of toxic chemicals or whatever um i got to walk around with this like i would identify parts and then etch numbers into them for like 12 hours a day 
Oh my God, dude. You, you know, I'm from Michigan, Jake. So I've worked in plenty, plenty of factories. I mean, and it sucks, man. It, it does suck. Cause you, you just feel like you're a fucking machine. You do the same thing over and over again. You know, yeah, how, how it's, did you deal it's with exhausting that too. Like, honestly, it was, yeah, it's, it was, it was really exhausting. Um, how, how long did you work there at the factory? I worked there for like a good uh, six months and then I was able to uh, save up some money and uh, go to grad school at UC Berkeley, um, which was great. Uh, and then during the time I like also like started, I had this, uh, I had a record label a long time ago, like an, like an indie record label, you know, um, and uh, started making websites for bands and like websites for myself. And then like, actually realized that programming was kind of fun and um got a few like paid programming gigs which actually helps me like kind of quit the factory like a little bit early like just making websites for just random businesses like uh, restaurants and i made a website for like this e-commerce tea shop and all that stuff and then uh yeah i moved to berkeley and uh you know the kind of the rest is history it, it was like a really great thing to like get out of the Midwest and like go to, you know, like the heart of Silicon Valley and uh, get to experience that crazy environment. Who pushed you to move, move to Berkeley? Was it your family? I mean, like I said, like I, I these, these interviews just helped me understand you better as a person. And if, um, you know, I get, if I touch on like, 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 like a touchy subject, please like stop me. But, did your parents kind of push you to like move out or, or you know? No, I'm, not, I'm actually not really super uh, close with my parents. I'm a, I'm a, I do talk to my mom occasionally. Uh, she's very happy to, I'm going to go home for Christmas and she's oh, nice. incredibly stoked. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was mostly me. Like I, I really wanted to, um, I think at the time it was just really hard in the recession. Like I was getting some like website programming gigs or whatever, but they were all, it was all kind of like contracting work. And um, I really wanted to like kind of dive more into the, the technical things. And at the time I felt like I really needed like a credential from like a good school. Um, and yeah, it just seemed like the right time. Like the economy was like not really picking up. This was like 2011. And so there was kind of like some recovery, but it wasn't like, you know, it was still really hard if you're like fresh out of jobs or fresh out of college and you don't really have any experience, you know, to like land like a programming job or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I just figured grad, grad school was the right thing. And uh, Berkeley was my top pick. And uh, also because it's a state school, you know, it's like it was I, I did have to like pay for college. Um, so. It was actually a lot more affordable to go to Berkeley than a lot of other places. Um, but also the main thing, like I, I really did want to move to like California and like see what was out there, like the in the crazy, crazy world of tech. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I have um, I have a cousin. Her name is Deanna. She uh, she lived in Michigan with us for a while. Actually, I'm a house. As a, when when I was growing up, she was uh, she was always there, and she just had like this dream to move to California and become a, a, a singer, an artist. And <clears throat> my mom was one of the, like the few people that would tell her, do it, like do it. And if you fail at it, fail at it, 
we're always here. If you need to come back, you know, come back here to save some money and do it all over again. So she ended up moving to um, San Francisco and uh, now has her own, like, um, uh, I think record label and whatever. She's on Spotify. She's a, she's a, like an a indie, indie artist and yeah, she's doing pretty good. She's still there. So, I mean, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that wants to be kind of in your, in your shoes, right? <clears throat> but just doesn't know where to get started and needs to like, just, yeah, start, start uh, working on projects. What would you tell them? Yeah, just go do stuff. Like paths in life are usually not very direct. Like, um, you know, I, for a long time, I thought I really wanted to be like, you know, an artist and like, uh, I was like a writer and really trying to like make it in that whole space. But like I had a lot of student debt and like really had to pay the bills. And so, you know, I had to like take up all these jobs that, you know, I wasn't able to like really clearly like focus on a lot of that stuff after, after I left school. Um, and you just got to go out and like keep doing stuff. And then you just wind up in like surprising places. Um, and it's really great to have like, you know, like a supportive family. Um, and if you don't have that, you just have to do whatever, whatever you can to like, uh, make yourself comfortable enough so that you can like explore the opportunities that there are in life. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess you just gotta yeah. go out and like try stuff. Like, um, sometimes it like doesn't work out, you know? <laughs> Uh, and other times it works out, you know, super well. Like um, my first startup totally did not work out. Um, a lot of it's timing, you know. Um, but uh, yeah. it, I learned so much from that. Like I never would have been able to do like Juno you know, or Stargaze or the other the other project that I can't. I guess I can say it now. I already lost the bet, but uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to do these projects if I hadn't learned like the hard lessons and like went on like a crazy life path. So, yeah. So when you were when you were freshly, and also just don't be afraid. I think that's the thing. Is like I think a lot of people like feel like they have to have some sort of credential to like you know start a startup or like start making art or whatever, and that's all kind of bullshit. Um, and I think this is something that's like really ingrained and in, like you know like none of these people know what they're doing. Like. You know, the, the kids that go to Stanford or whatever, like, they don't know what they're doing. Like, they just go and try stuff and they, they make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, you mistakes are just part of life. You, got, you just got to learn from them and, like, move forward. Um, but you don't need, like, a, you don't need, like, a credential or whatever. Or, you know, it's okay to, like, not know all the answers. Like, everyone who's starting a startup doesn't, or just anything, doesn't really know like how it's going to turn out or even what they're doing. Like you just kind of learn as you go. Um, there's no way, like there's a lot of things in life where you just literally can't take, you can't take a class on it. Um, I mean, they might offer classes on it, but like really the only way to learn is just by doing like, if you want to start a record label, just go make one. Like, uh, um, when you, when you freshly moved to Cali, <clears throat> how was that experience? Um, did you already have like a few buddies that lived in Cali? Were you able to like, you know, stay at their crib for a while? Or did you I actually knew no one, but like it was it was good to go for school because like it allowed me to like meet a bunch of people at school and then I had like a really great friend group. Um many of them I'm still friends with them today. Uh 
and you know it like you you could qualify for like super cheap like student housing or whatever and so that like that that all helps but yeah when i first moved to cali i like actually knew absolutely zero people here oh crap i yeah i don't know man <laughs> i i feel like i if i moved to a whole new different place that i would least i would want it to know like one or two people to just get me situated in that environment right because cali is different cali is way way different bro I, i've been to cali <laughs> yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy here um it's uh it's definitely different uh, i'll give you that um i had kind of had that experience before like uh i really wanted to like get the fuck out of my hometown for um for school uh and i actually went to school undergrad in the uk and i lived in the uk for like four and a half years um and that was really sick so uh and i had never actually traveled abroad at all i like just signed myself up to uh go to school in the uk largely also because it was cheaper like school in the uk is only three years and even with internet international tuition it was like i really wanted to go to like the university of chicago but it was like fifty thousand dollars a year um, and so that would have been like $200,000 of debt for undergrad, which I'm really glad I didn't do that. Um, so it was actually, it was actually cheaper to go all the way to UK, but I knew no, no one there and I'd never been abroad before. And that was like a crazy experience. And so I guess it wasn't too hard for me then to be like, okay, I'm just going to move to California now. Uh, damn. Were there any like specific points in your life when you moved to Cali was studying where you were like fuck like i don't know if i'm gonna make it or you know came came across some certain obstacles that you were like almost on the verge of like just just giving up or turning back oh totally yeah it's yeah. like uh i've definitely been through some dark times i do remember like i feel like the worst time was like actually during like the 2018 bear market where uh like there were like a couple weeks where i just had a negative bank account balance and i was like fuck i have to like my startup is dead. Like, uh, my co-founders were like, Hey, we're not getting paid and there's no money. And you know, it was just like a really fucking stressful time. And at the time I had like literally negative dollars in my bank account. And occasionally there would be some random stupid charge that went through and I'd get a $34 overdraft fee from, from chase. This did not help my love of the big banks. Like, uh, fuck them. I hate them so much. Um, but that was, yeah, that was, those are really dark times. Cause it's like, um, when you put like years of your life into something and then it's like dying, it's like, it's a really hard thing to go through. Like, um, you know, it's, and this can happen with any like project. It could be like, maybe you wrote a book or you started a record label or you start anything. It's just, you really put a lot of time and effort into it. And if it doesn't amount to the things you dreamed it would be, then a really hard thing to like spend like years of your life on something and then be like oh well it amounted to nothing great yeah i can tell you like um uh, regarding crypto right like one of the, like the most difficult time for me was yeah when that bear market hit because obviously i was a pleb and i overly invested in and shit coins right and my portfolio went down 90 90 I had to sacrifice so much time, Jake, to like recoup my loss. I had to put in so much overtime at a factory, by the way, at a shitty, shitty ass factory. And 
I had to sacrifice so much of like my family time to recoup all those losses. It was, it was a difficult time and I almost gave up on crypto entirely, but I'm glad I, I'm glad I stuck with it, man. Cause if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here talking to you or all the cool people that I've met, all the awesome things that, that I, I learned in crypto. I was just, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for that hard time that I went through. So I always got to look at things on the bright side. Right. Yeah. I would, you know, if any, I'm sure people listening to this are also going through similar things right now. It's, it's, yeah, it's really, it's dark times and that's the cycle of life. And it does, it does make us stronger and wiser. And each time you go through these things again, like you can, there's an attitude you can have where you can just like wallow in your past mistakes and like continually beat yourself up about it. But that's just wasted energy. It doesn't move you forward at all. Um, the thing to do is just like reflect on your, your mistakes and like try to like learn from them what you can. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I think I'd, I definitely like kind of like caught the bug in, in crypto because like, uh, like I first like heard about Bitcoin in like 2009 and I actually wrote about it in a paper in undergrad and I failed that paper and I'd, I would love to get a copy of it, but um, you know, I wound up getting like Bitcoin pretty early, but I wasn't like super invested in it because I didn't have like a lot of money as a student. Um, but it was really like ETH. Um, like I had a a friend um, who uh, told me about like the like it, well like Ethereum and like the idea of smart contracts, and like I was like very interesting to me because like I had uh, written like my thesis in grad school on decentralized content distribution and talked a little bit about crypto, but this was kind of before like smart contracts were really a thing. Um, and then I was dumb and I didn't get in on the ETH presale, but I did get ETH at like uh, $9 or whatever. And I had like $500 at the time and I put like a stupid little amount of money in and I managed to like coast on that for like, you know, a really long time. And I was able to like do my own startup for a really long time in the bull market, just like basically like coasting off that. And, uh, I had a friend, my friend Elsau, who actually works on uh Dada now. Um, we built this like AI, like trading bot and we were like trading meme coins and getting like, like insane returns. And so I was like, actually just like living off crypto for like, uh, <laughs> like a whole, like two years, basically which was pretty insane. And that was awesome because a lot of people here in Silicon Valley, like they just kind of like give up and they like join these like huge tech companies or whatever, but I'm too much of a, like, uh, I'm kind of unemployable. Like uh, I, I don't like having bosses or whatever. Um, and it's, uh, it, that was like really amazing. But even as painful as like the bear market was and like seeing all that go to like, nothing and i totally not planned for that at all like very dumb planning on my part but it's really you know that's another lesson you kind of learn is that uh you have to like catch yourself in like the mania of the bull market just like you kind of also have to catch yourself in like the de depression of the bear market like you have to kind of step back and like you know uh think about things, you know, like, and say, it's not always going to be like this and plan accordingly. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I feel, I wasn't prepared either, Jake. By no fucking means was I prepared for that shit. Uh, like I said, I had to sacrifice so much fucking time to like recoup. And yeah, and I can't even tell you this. The like my wife. Oh my god. Oh my god. Was she pissed off? At least you know you were just. Uh, it was just you, right? Going through this shit. Well, it, it affected me. It affected my wife. Uh, my living situation. The people around me that I got into crypto were pissed off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, that's it. Like, you know, this is an industry where people are heroes for a while and then suddenly they're like really dumb and like the villains or whatever. Um, and it all, it's all, you know, you have to like take a step back from it. And uh, uh, I told, uh, I, I remember like telling my uncle about ETH and like, um, this was like, I think like early 2017 and he bought it at like $300 and he actually got like a lot of it. Um, cause, uh, uh, and you know, he was just like absolutely floored when it went to four, $1,400. And then when it went to $80, he was like, aha, like, well, <laughs> whatever. And he, but you know, he like, he just held it. And then like, you know, this last cycle, he was actually smarter than than me and like sold a lot at like you know two thousand dollars you know which uh so it's you go through these cycles of like you know he went from like being like holy shit shake this was like the best investment i ever made to being like haha that was really dumb uh to like actually it wasn't so bad it it actually was really good (laughs) um so it's yeah I, i hope your wife forgives you Oh, she and has. She has. She sometimes has. it it just it just takes time. Again, like nothing lasts, nothing lasts forever, including bear markets. And um, yeah, I, I think I think now, Jake, like I, I don't I don't feel it. I don't feel a bear market as bad for me for my personal like financial situation. Now I more feel bad for other people that are going through that shit that I went through. Right, I, I feel more bad for them, and and just try to be there and, and just support them and. And give them some advice. I'm like, hey, it's, it's not over. This shit's not over. It's just a, it's just a fucking cycle, you know. So, but we'll, we're we're gonna make it as long as you don't just go into the shitcoin casino daily and lose all your money. Obviously, right? But we're gonna make it. Yeah, I really do think that. I mean, it, and a lot of it is just about attitude and like, uh, not giving up when times get hard. And you know, it's a cliche, but like, uh. Like Warren Buffett has like a lot of like good advice about like blind buying the blood red market or whatever. Um, it's I I think the key for for me is just like especially during these times it's like I really do empathize with all those people because I've totally been there. I've had negative six hundred dollars in my bank account and like being like charged overdraft fees and not knowing how I was going to get out of that huge hole. Um, and sometimes you just got to have like a little bit of conviction and also, again, just like we make mistakes in life, you know, uh, I like in 2017 and early 2018, I should have totally been like, Hey, it's not always going to be like this, but I was just so caught up in the mania, you know, that I wasn't thinking like even, even this time around, I was still like caught up in the mania and I was like, ah, yeah, this is going to keep going. Uh, but 
you know well we'll we'll get we'll get away from this like scary subject because i know some people are like man stop talking about the bear market please uh no i think i think i I hope it's a little bit therapeutic for people because you know um it's i'm just it's definitely something a lot of people are, are are dealing with and like I'm just trying my best to like help everybody get through and just survive. Like the name of the game right now is survival. Uh, mass extinction events are, are not fun. Uh, and if you've like watched nature documentaries or documentaries about like the evolution of life, uh, we would literally not be here if it wasn't for like mass extinction events, you know, um, no one thrives during like the really bad times, but if you survive, you're set up to thrive when, uh, when like things change um like the uh like this is mass extinction i love talking about like catastrophes especially during these times because it can kind of be therapeutic uh there's this mass extinction called the permian extinction which wiped out 95 percent of like all life on earth but the species that managed to like get through it they didn't thrive the mass extinction they were just fucking hanging on but the ones that did, you know, uh, like managed to thrive when times changed again. Um, and those were like, you know, like our ancestors, like the early mammals or whatever. They like bur- burrowed in their holes and like, you know, they weren't doing well by any means, but they were surviving. And that's like really like kind of the most important thing right now is just doing what you have to do to survive. Um, and what do you think um, as just the people that, are here to invest in the space and let you guys build what, what, what can we do um, to help this uh, like make it, make it easier for you guys that are building. What are some things that we can do as a community to help you guys do your work and in a, in a peaceful manner? Um, any advice for us? Uh, I think the biggest thing you can do is just take care of yourselves. It's like, you know, if like the oxygen masks like drop down in an airplane, like put on your own oxygen mask before you like try to help <laughs> others. Like, so that would be my first piece of advice is, yeah, just put on your own oxygen mask, like take care of yourselves, do what you have to do to survive and, you know, uh, make sure you can get through the tough times. And if you're in the lucky position where you have like, um, you know, uh, like resources to like, honestly, this, these are always, you know, like the best times to be investing. I wouldn't go in like all at once, but you know, this is probably a better time than like any to like, you know, be like dollar cost averaging, not fi- financial advice, but you know, and think for yourselves, um, things can always go a little bit lower, but I do think we're a lot closer to the bottom than we are towards like the middle, for example. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's helpful for people, but that's yeah, helpful. the main th- the main thing is like, yeah, just survive and take care of yourselves. And, you know, we're going to keep building like regardless, like, um, you know, uh, there's like, I can speak for like Juno and Dada and Stargaze is like, they, you know, sure. There's some people that were only there for the good times, but like there's a large amount of com- committed people that are still around and they're still doing stuff. And, you know, they're determined to like move things forward and survive and make it so that when things you know do turn around and that could be could be a year but it doesn't matter like as long as you have like committed people that are sticking around 
you know, we're, we're going to make it. It's, it's just, it's just how it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, in terms of like, I, I really do think this is a really good time to like get involved. Like the, this is in fact, I think the best time to get involved because a lot of the people that were just like only there for the good times have left. Um, the people that are here like are serious and they actually care about shit. Um, the builders that are here are serious and they actually care about the tech that we're building. Um, and so, yeah, it's really easy to, I, I guess I would just ask like people should just try to be constructive. Like we can all wallow in like, Oh, we should have done this and should have done that. And like, um, uh, it doesn't really matter given like the macro, you know, it's like, uh, like the mistakes of the past are in the past. And, uh, we can be all it's we have a choice in how we like direct our energy um and you can again be like super all upset and like pointing on look like looking for like other people to blame or you can try to see like how to move forward and i would just you know um first of all take care of yourselves do what you have to do to survive if you have to like leave the crypto community or like quit crypto twitter for a while like fine um but if you are sticking around like let's let's try to like you know like make the changes that we need so that when things do turn around and i don't know when that's going to be um but w- like at some point you know things will change they always do and we we just want to set ourselves up so that we're ready for that change um and so this is a, this is also like it's literally the best time to get involved um in these projects and that doesn't mean you have to like quit your day job or whatever but like make governance proposals start sub like do spaces like you guys do i love the fact that you're still like doing these spaces like even even during the tough times like builds community um try to like focus people's energy less on like the oh no like everything's bad this like this project was like is dying everything's going to zero and try to be like, hey, there's, there's some really cool stuff in the internet of blockchains. And this technology is still cool. And like, what changes do we have to make? How can we move things forward? Um, how do we like, also take care of each other? You know, everyone's in a slightly different situation. Uh, some of us, like some people have like really great day, job, day jobs. And so they're just like coasting through. Other people don't have that, you know? And just so make sure you're also like, Again, put your oxygen mask on first, but like, you know, take care of each other. Community is like, I think one of the best things about crypto, even though we have a toxic community sometimes, uh, it can still be a really awesome community. And I think a lot of people in the space have made like really great friends throughout this. Um, and I will say that like during, during the bear market, during the tough times, like that's actually some of the best times to like build relationships and, and make good friends with the people that, are there for the right reasons. People that like actually really care about this stuff. The people that see the problems of like traditional finance or see the problems of our failing institutions or see the problems of social media companies that are controlled by like single individuals and have completely arbitrary policies on like free speech or whatever. Um, you know, this is the time where we are laying the groundwork for the future that we want. So you can be sad and like wallow in your misery and that's your choice. Um, you can 
like go and focus on your wife and, and children or like, you know, whatever makes you happy in life. That's also great. Uh, or you can like, honestly, this is, yeah, the best time to get involved. It's like, this is like the purest, I think our community will ever be is like the people that are here now are like the awesome people that are, that actually care and are, are going to move things forward and get us to get us back to good times. A lot of facts are a lot of facts are Jake. Like right now I'm paying, I'm paying close attention to how people are acting, how people are navigating their way through crypto right now and who is, who is still here and who truly cares. Right. And I can tell you this, like I've seen so many people change since I first like got into this ecosystem. Like they were all, not not all but a lot of people were um just uh here for for the good times and to here to pump bags and the ones that are here now with us are here to truly make a change right so yeah i do i do pay close attention to what kind of people are left and i can tell you like the people that i'm that i mainly surround myself with are are here to improve things and, and make things better um but do you think that um do you think that you're like sacrificing a lot of like in real life time uh, and just devoting more to crypto or how, how do you balance all this shit, man? Cause it's, it's, it's hard to balance like crypto when you're super like involved in it and you, and you just, it's like a passion, right? So how do you, how do you balance, how do you balance all this stuff? Uh, you know, I don't really balance, but like, um, I'm, I'm just a, a fighter. I want like to like push these things forward. I'm excited about things like DAOs. I'm excited about projects like Juno and Stargaze. Um, and you know, th this is also the time where I think we need need leadership. And my work life balance is not great right now. But you know, also time cha times change, and this is like kind of what I need to do in the moment. And um, at some point, I'm gonna take a vacation. I'm gonna try to like take a little time off for the holidays, just to like you know touch grass or whatever. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm more, more motivated than ever. Like it's, uh, or building is important and it's the future. And I think if we don't build it, like we're going to live in a like techno surf, surfdom or techno feudalism. Like I, I really don't want to see maybe maybe i'm just too much of like actually like secretly a downer and I, I think things could get really bad but i like the things that we're building like give me hope for the future and we i think every generation has their crisis moments and um i think as a society we're living through crisis moments at the moment and that's where we really need to step up, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't do a really good job at work-life balance, but you know, I, I think there's also a phase at some point I'm going to probably get a little bit burnt out. Um, but honestly, right now I'm like more kind of psyched and like driven than ever. Like I'm so stoked for data V2. Um, like I'm, I'm actually really stoked for, for Juno, even though like, we get like a lot of, of, uh, of, of FUD, probably like more than most projects, but you know, I think that's also a good thing. Like this is, this is the time for reform. This is the time for ripping off the band-aids. This is the time for like honest discussion and making the changes that we need to like live up to like 
you know, our true vision and true, true potential. Um, and so, you know, um, I, I still also have like fun too. Like, you know, there's a lot of great, cool things to do in San Francisco. And I got a lot of friends here. So that's, that's good. Awesome. And before, like, before you got into the crypto world, right? Let's just take it back to like maybe when you were in high school, you know, because in high school, they always like the teachers always tell you, you guys got to really start thinking about what do you want to be in life and uh, what do you want to do in college? Right. What what was it like for you um, back in like the high school days? Did, did you have a totally different dream back then or were you kind of like, yeah, yeah, well, may, maybe one day I'll, I'll I'll work full time as like um web developer developer or get into the music industry. Uh, it's completely the opposite. I was like, I think web developers are all squares and all tools for like big corporations. Um, yeah. So yeah, I actually studied literature and philosophy in undergrad. Um, and I, I only got into web development on the side, like I said, just to do it for like fun and for things that I cared about, which was like my indie record label or whatever. Um, yeah. That's, that's true. Really? I actually really thought that like, um, you know, a lot of computer programmers were like, just like squares that just went off to like work for like big companies or whatever. Um, and then I, I, I realized that, you know, uh, that wasn't true. And there were a lot of really great, you know, people building really cool stuff and I actually found I really enjoyed it. So, um, but that, that took some time. Uh, I was definitely really into art. I really wanted to be like an artist and did a lot of writing and music and um, yeah, that was great. Um, but I didn't have rich parents and I had a lot of student debt and that like, so when I graduated from undergrad, I had to like really, you know, like work those factory jobs <laughs> and uh, uh, I worked at a bar as well. That was also not super fun, but you know. Where did the, where did the um, literature and philosophy come from was that your mom or, or like how, what inspired you there uh you know like uh i just like actually grew up in like a rather conservative like religious community mm -hmm. um and uh but i'm not religious i actually have not been like a you know ever like since i was in high school like i, I got into like reading books and i read a lot of books um and uh i just really disagreed with like a lot of the the shit that was happening around me. And I thought like a lot of people around me were like, you know, super. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to pass moral judgments on, on people or whatever. Um, but you know, I, I really did love like books and philosophy and like, uh, and that like really shaped, like, I think who I was like, um, and I just, yeah, I just had this, like, I, I used to read a lot of books. Um, I still occasionally read books, but you know, uh, I was just like devouring them when I was in high school. I think it was like one of the few things that I was like allowed to do. Like, um, I really wish in hindsight, I was like allowed to like go out and like party and like live my life as a, as a teenager. I feel like if I ever have kids, I'm going to be exactly the opposite as a parent though. I'll be like, you go, you just go do whatever you want to do. I, I don't care. Um, but you know, I had to, I was forced to go to church like every Sunday and, but like I was allowed to like read and so that's, that's what I did. I, I remember one time when I was like 14 years old and I was in, I was in church and, uh, I actually was not like they, 
I was actually, this is like so dumb in hindsight, but it was, I was not allowed to read Harry Potter as a child because Are you witchcraft. Serious? I can't do not. Same with but, me, dude. Same but, with me. My mom did not let me like touch a Harry Potter book. She, because I, I, I grew up in a religious family you know too, dude. You know what's ironic though? Fight Club, they didn't talk about Fight Club in church. And so, or, like, that wasn't on like the list of like banned books or whatever. And, so I was literally just like, I think I was like 13 or 14 reading Fight, Fight Club in church about like reading about like Project Nihilism and all this stuff that's like way worse than Harry Potter. And like, it was great. I, I got a, a lot of glee from that. I was like, I'm not allowed to read this other like book that all my friends are reading, but I get to read Fight Club and no one knows anybody. <laughs> um, that was, that was great. Um, oh my gosh! And then, I, and then, and then I like you know for college, I, I I went off to England and I was free. I got to go to raves in Manchester and like live my life, and that was awesome. Dude, yeah. So my parents were kind of the same way with me, and I think it was around the age of, <clears throat> I think around the age of like thirteen, fourteen, when they finally were like, "All right, we're not going to force you to go to church," you know, because. You're kind of like a big boy now. You you can make your own decisions if you want to go to church or not. But I was forced to go to church uh, during my younger younger points in my life, and I, it's not that I hated it. It's just that I hated that I was forced to do something I didn't really want to do. Right? Um, and yeah, so I did grow up in like a religious family. I was one of those like I could not read Harry Potter books, and even kind of like was starting to think like maybe my parents are right. Maybe this like stuff that kids are reading in school harry potter I, maybe maybe they're right it's all like uh devil worship and 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 witchcraft that is not good but i ended up i ended up watching a harry potter movie and even reading some of the books eventually and i'm like this is this isn't bad this is just like it's just a story <laughs> i remember reading some of the, the harry potter books like at a later date and like just being like blown away by like how tame they were I was just like, wow, this is a story about like friendship and stuff like that. Wow. This is like, you know, I've, I, I, I read like a lot of like, like beat literature too, like naked lunch. And like, I was like, reading all this like stuff in high school. Um, and it was just really ironic to me that I was like, not allowed, allowed to read this super fucking tame book. But like, I was just because they, because no one knew about any of these other books that I was read, reading, like no one knew who Chuck Palahniuk was, you know? Um, I literally read Choke. That was awesome. There's like a whole scene in Choke about like, uh, you know, having sex in a church and stuff. And I remember reading that in church too. And I was like, oh, this is this... <laughs> pretty yeah. spicy. Pretty spicy there. <laughs> oh man, wow. And so you traveled. Uh, you so you traveled around the world then, as you said. You went to UK and and studied in college a little bit. Like I didn't really have a lot of money when I was like in the UK. So I wasn't able to like really like live it up and travel a lot of places. Um, but I've been a lot of, I went to a lot of places in the UK. That was, that was super cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got to, it was a really good experience. I got really got to like, you know, see the world and get like a much more like international kind of perspective and also just be like, you know, like really free to like, you know, pursue the things I wanted to pursue and, um, live my life the way I wanted to live it. You got family over there, Jake, in the UK? No, I, I didn't know anyone in the UK when I moved there. But I do now. I still have a lot of good friends. I, I go visit them from time to time. 
So how much how much traveling do you do like throughout the year? Uh I go to a lot of crypto conferences and um sometimes if there's conferences in Europe, I'll like go and see some friends in UK or whatever. Um I think it just depends. I also feel like uh like shit was really weird during COVID. Um I kind of traveled a lot less. Uh, I travel a decent amount. Do you enjoy it, Jake? Yeah, but do you enjoy it, Jake? Do you like? Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. I think it's. I think it's awesome. Um, Yeah. um, So, so when when you were when you were younger, did you ever believe in like the the law of attraction? Uh. Well, you know, what's the law of attraction. You know, the from like the book of the, the the secret. Like I don't know if you ever heard the secret law of attraction. What what you believe and conceive, you shall achieve. That type of thing. Uh, I think there's some truth to those kinds of things. Um, like the idea is is it like similar to the idea of like manifestation or whatever? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't like really believe in those kind of things. Like some of those things are kind of woo woo, but there is some, some truth to them. Like if you don't think that you're capable of a, of a certain thing, you're just going to act in a way that definitely makes that thing impossible. And so you sort of have to like, you know, believe that you're capable of something or believe that a different future is possible or believe like you have to have like thoughts that like make you open, uh, to possibilities. Um, there, there is some truth to that. Now, just because you're trying to manifest manifest something doesn't mean it's going to happen for sure. But like, if you're not like, if you don't believe that something is possible, you're not going to act in like the right way that might make you respond to like the opportunities that are presented to you. And the reason why I asked you this is because I've been a hardcore believer in the law of attraction. Um, since I was very young, like I would literally like, for example, if I wanted some sort of like, um, uh, toy or whatever, I would clip out stuff from a book and I would put it in like a little folder. And then I would just visualize me having it. And just, just, it would, it would be crazy the way things would happen. Like, I don't know where I would get it. And even growing up, like being a little bit older, I would just visualize myself doing this or doing that. And it would happen. And with, with like the position where I'm at right now, kind of, kind of crazy, but, uh, around December, I created a vision board, right? Created this vision board. And I've done this in the past too, by the way, I created a vision board. I put some like things I wanted to achieve for the year. And, uh, I made them, made them pretty clear. Like I wanted to travel. I wanted to be part of, um, uh, like a, a community that would focus on educating, uh, people in crypto and, you know, hopefully try to make some income out of it. And, uh, I even put that I, I want to eventually like, uh, run validators, dude, it's all fucking happened. Right. It's all happened. And like, it's like, man, this, this is, this shit is real. This like law of attraction shit is real. So I asked you that because maybe when you were younger, did you visualize yourself traveling? Did you visualize yourself, um, starting a company? Right. That that's the reason why I was asking about the the book, the secret, and the law of attraction. I did vis- visualize myself tra- uh, like traveling, but yeah, I, I don't think I would have like visualized everything that's happened. 
which is also why like i think some question you asked me earlier is like advice for people that like for i guess career or whatever is just like yeah go out and do stuff because you just go on this like journey and you'll just wind up in some place you never could have imagined yeah so right now where you're at in your life though right do you visualize yourself doing something different um what is like let's just say what is a jake roadmap in, in five to ten years where do you see yourself uh you know i think i'm i'm pretty idealist i i am very into DAOs and their potential to transform society and i just kind of want to like keep fighting that battle and play it out to to the end you know i want to see companies and local governments and uh you know communities just like organizing with better tools and i want to see like massive reform uh i think the boomers are really fucking shit up and um i don't know i, I think I, like i'm very happy with what i work on like this is exactly the kind of shit that i wanted to work on all the time love i love working on data i love working on juno even though there's like a fuck ton of drama and like stuff that we're working through and like figuring out but um honestly like I, I wouldn't work on anything else uh i think that you know i feel i actually feel like i think more than any time in my life like super like fulfilled by what i work on even though it like kind of like stresses me out a lot uh it's yeah like this is like the tools of, of the future um like we have to we are entering a world I, I was actually at like this dinner in san francisco the other the other night and there's all these ai startups there and like ai is getting like really fucking good i don't know if you've been following or playing around with like yeah. chat gpt yeah. um but like this shit is like literally gonna replace so many people's jobs and there's not gonna be new jobs to like take it up um and there's like so i talked with the healthcare startup they're using like radiology data to like basically replace radiologists so this is you know and i like i think some of the times people like starting these startups like don't think about you know the consequences of their action but uh you know it's literally a situation where radiologists are just doing their job they're just going about doing their jobs and um they're literally training their replacements. So the hospital like sells all the radiology data to these like AI companies. The radiologists don't get shit for this. And like probably in like, you know, three, three to four years, like, or less maybe like a lot, like these machine learning models are going to be competing with these radi radiologists for jobs. And they actually do a better job. Like, um, and there's also like, you know, a lot of like cases of where artists like put their work online and then uh, these image generation uh, algorithms can help like a lot of people, you know, make more art. Um, I actually wrote a, a blog post. I've started a blog um, and my most recent post is about uh, kind of how do we like address some of the really negative things that can happen because of this. Like we need tools for like data ownership. We deserve to be compensated for our data. Like, um, if you're like putting music out on the internet and then that's being used to like compete against you or like 
I mean, I guess if we, we want to like address some of the like worst parts of like the techno feudalist society that's kind of like emerging. Um, and, and we need better tools to do that. We need ways for people to control and have ownership over their data. Uh, because that their data is also increasingly their work. I don't I don't think anyone really cared when like Facebook and all these companies were like spying on us to like target ads at us. But if like machine learning models are literally competing at you against you for your job, like that's a sort of different situation. I think we need to like seriously address some of these things. Um yeah. and that's one of the reasons why I just feel again very excited to be working on Dashlane and to be working on potential solutions for this. How can we have people have real ownership over their data? How can we make sure that people can uh, choose what happens with it, have a voice, uh, democratic control over algorithms? Like these are, these are really important issues for society at the moment. And um, I, I actually feel that crypto is one of the only like spaces that has like potential solutions to them. Like a lot of people like complain a lot about, oh, we need to regulate these tech companies or whatever. But like, I think that we, this space has like real solutions to like solve some of the challenges that we're going to face going forward. Um, You know, another one is like, like, like social media and like the whole problem of free speech. Um, It's really ironic to me. Like a lot of people on this website are like Elon fanboys or whatever. And I sort of get it. I'm not, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, <laughs> I don't, you know, I also hired some people from SpaceX and know what it's really like there. And some people can take a lot of credit for other people's work. Um, it's, uh, you know, a lot of the people that are like, free speech, free speech. You hear this all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's really ironic to me that some of the people that are like the biggest proponents of the free speech kind of thing are also will gladly just uh shut down speech when as soon as they're in power Mm -hmm. it's like almost always that way like if you're not in power you're like free speech free speech but as soon as they get in power they like uh you know like twitter band join mastodon which is like an open source open source alternative to twitter um, like that's that's kind of weird, and like there's been a couple of instances where like some journalists like you know have also uh had their accounts banned. It's like great, uh people had this like big freak out over wokeism or whatever, and now it's just gone the other direction um and like how fucked up is that that like a company can just like Twitter can just like ban an account like Mastodon? Uh, because they're competitors like that's not free speech all these people that were claim claiming to represent free speech like you know it goes both ways and i i think that the problem is like we really just need decentralized alternatives and that's the only solution as i see it like you can't just have one person who owns a company and calls the shots on uh like what will be like allowed on the platform we need decentralized protocols i think that's the only way to go forward because otherwise you just get abuses on both sides it doesn't matter if it's left or right 
you get you always get the same tendencies. It's not just one side. Um, and like decentralized protocols and like uh, self-governing communities, I think are like the only way forward. And Jake, where do you think uh, people can go to to practice the best, like purest form of free speech on the web right now? Uh, I think it's like the old school web self-publishing self-publishing and like uh old school technologies like rss they still work um and they're great and that was actually the great thing about the web in its inception is the web was a truly neutral uh protocol if you will it was the first collection of protocols tcp ip html css javascript it didn't care what you had to say on your website it could be you know whatever uh rss was also another great protocol i don't know how many people on this call know what rss is but you could just build your own feed you would find a blog you like and you add it to your rss and it shows up in you know your rss feed great um that there was no like company that controlled that there was no mark zuckerberg or elon musk that controlled like what was allowed in your rss feed that was actually a way more decentralized um, kind of technology. And so, you know, and those technologies still exist. The problem is like, everyone's just kind of like bought into the web two model where we're all just these surfs and these like techno fiefdoms of like, you know, Elon Musk or, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. And, you know, we're just working to make them rich and they're selling our data. Um, guess what? Your tweets are being used to train like AI, AI language models. Did you agree to that? I didn't agree to that. Um, or maybe they like snuck it into the t- terms of service or whatever. But you know what? Like, we really need to go back to the, the old school principles of what made the web great. Or it's a return to decentralization. Because uh, that's really the only thing that can be fair. Um, and it's really the only thing that's neutral. All those old school web publishing technologies, they still work. And we're going to have some like really great new ones. Um, with like DAOs and NFTs and stuff, uh, one of the things that I'm really excited for next year is some like cool publishing tools. I guess I'll, I'll throw out a little bit of alpha. There's going to be this thing called DAO Press at some point, which will allow you to run a publication. Um, like, why shouldn't like why do all the like big media companies have to be owned by these massive corporations? Why can't we just have why why can't we just have like you know community owned like editorial pages? Hmm. Um, you know, I think that we're, especially, I think bear markets are always a good thing, a good time for like a reset so we can like get rid of a lot of the crap, a lot of the scammers, the moon boys, whatever. And then like really focus on like what it is we're building and why we're building it. Um, decentralization really matters and it's really important. And I think it's like literally the only thing that's going to like, like protect us from getting wrapped up in a surveillance state of some sort, be it one that's like controlled by corporations or controlled by a centralized government. Both are bad. Like I don't want, you know, big tech companies like controlling my data and exploiting my data and profiting off my data without giving me any control or compensation for it. Um, and so our communities right now are working to build that kind of shit. 
Um, I think that's another reason, you know, why I got into crypto as well. Cause like my experience with like having a record label and being like, knowing how little money we made, we did not make very much money. And then like the cut that like Spotify or Apple music, like took off the top. It's just yeah. like, it's just wrong. And it's like just a ship of file over the internet. God damn it. Like, yeah. Amazon, uh, like, like writers don't actually make that much money, especially when you factor factor in like the publishing and all the marketing costs. Like, Amazon takes a thirty to sixty percent cut of all ebook sales to ship the file over the internet, and that's like insane to me. And I really think that, like, we, I mean, I don't even. We're we're just building the alternatives, and you know what? It's gonna take a while. Um, all good things take a while, but uh, it's it's right, and we we need to do it. So, and we're gonna do it. We're gonna build decentralized publishing tools. We're gonna build, uh, you know, decentralized social media protocols. Uh, it might take a while to like, you know, get your grandma to join or whatever. But those people are never gonna be the early adopters. Like I remember when all the boomers were like fighting about social media because I was one of the first users of Facebook. Um, and all, there was a time where there's this moral panic of like, oh, all these kids are just posting their in personal information online. And, um, you know, they were like, I would never do that. And then fast forward, like 10 years later, like boomers are like the only people that use Facebook now. <laughs> they are. They literally are the only ones that use Facebook. I mean, for real. <laughs> I, and I, I think that we're going to see like a similar, like we're kind of going through a similar phase with like all this crypto stuff around People are like, oh, NFTs are so bad. And like DAOs, there's like no accountability. And like, and they're super disorganized. And like, people are doing like the same kind of FUD. And it's just because they're not the early adopters. They just don't understand it yet. And in like five to 10 years, we're going to see, uh, I think, a similar sort of change. Jake, I got a DM from uh, Terra Spaces. Uh, he's saying, Finn, saying, Guess who's still an RSS maxi? That's right. Terra Space is blazing the trail. <laughs> yeah, actually, we should really actually bring back RSS in a big way. Um, I, I think RSS is fucking great and Terra Spaces is totally fucking right. Do you think we could ever see something like that? Um, I mean, uh, RSS totally DAO. exists. Like, yeah. um, I think when we make DAOcrest, uh, we should totally lever leverage RSS. The problem is, like, a lot of it, like, the golden age of RSS has passed and maybe it, it will see a resurgence, but um, like a lot of the apps that people use daily don't support RSS anymore. But um, I think there's a chance that, that, that it could come back or that there could be like a new version of RSS that could become popular. Um, um, I got a, I got a message here that um, they want me to ask you. What is your favorite author? Uh, I really like Kurt Vonnegut. I think Kurt Vonnegut is great. Um, he's, he's like, he simultaneously writes things that are like super funny and super fucking sad and fucked up. And it's like, uh, he's not afraid to deal with like all the moral ambiguities of the world and kind of see things not in black and white. And he also writes really fucking good sci-fi. So Kurt Vonnegut, um, I mean, like the classic is Slaughterhouse-Five, but he's got a ton of great books. 
I really like Breakfast of Champions. Um, like, yeah, Kurt Vonnegut is probably one of my favorites. Cool. And I got another question for you. What is the big, when is a big art gallery at the third space happening? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't either. When is the when is the big art gallery at the third space happening? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that's all about. I would say ask them to clarify the comment. I, 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 yeah, he's still here. He's still here. Um, and also when page Dow or when uh, party Dow? <laughs> yes, party Dow. Um, we have to shift out of E2, and that with that we're gonna have some Dow run validators. Um, so that will open up the, the whole party DAO thing. I think I just also like, you know, bear markets like stack up a lot of energy is like, I think it's really important to like have these conversations and stuff, but it does like kind of like sidetrack some other things. Like when people are like, oh no, everything's collapsing. Like, you know, uh, like, you know, it's going to die. Like everything's going to zero. There's no leaders, blah, blah, blah. Like it. It just takes up a lot of your energy, and then that's energy that doesn't go to things like shipping party DAO. But you know, it's gonna happen. It's just you know a matter of time. There you go, Amanda. I hope you heard that. I hope you heard that. So, what are your like? What are your like daily habits or like routines? What? what just just curious, there. Do you get like four hours of sleep like Elon Musk and end up sleeping on the floor at the Tesla factory? Um, <laughs> crazy shit like that you know uh some nights i get like four hours of sleep but like i actually try to like sleep a decent amount because i think it's like the only way that you can like process stuff um and uh yeah sleep is great fucking love sleep um i don't know uh i just wake up i like go get coffee i get another coffee and then i get third coffee um and I just like go work in like cafes and uh, respond to an insane amount of messages. And then I try to like find time to like actually like build shit and write code. And uh, yeah, I don't know. And then I just do yeah. that like super late, super late in the night. Um, you know, towards the evening, I, I find various ways to, you know, try to relax or get into altered states. And um and yeah, just keep going. And then eventually I just like, you know, crash around like 2 a.m. or whatever and go to bed. Any any particular hobbies that you're interested in, Jake? Yeah, I'm a huge uh, music person. Um, so I actually like have recently gotten back into making music because I find it's like very, very therapeutic and relaxing. So um, I make a... Uh, and I've been in a lot of bands and stuff before, so um, I've not released anything for a while, but I'm like kind of like slowly like building up material. And if I do release stuff, it's not going to be at all connected to my identity. And so good luck finding it. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I do really like electronic music a lot lately. Um, so I've been uh, working on a lot of like kind of like techno stuff. Um, I like a lot of like, uh, nature samples and like kind of like organic samples that you can like turn into like cool stuff that sounds really good if you're on like you know mushrooms or whatever and uh yeah i, I don't know so I, I i do really like making music I, I spend a decent amount of time time doing that and uh 
have some friends that like I jam with as well. Um, one of them just had a kid though. That was really sad. Uh, I used to like have a jam band and really enjoy that. Um, and then uh, our drummer had a kid and it's like, we, we still jam sometimes, but, and I hope that like, as the kid gets older, he'll have more time for it, but definitely been jamming a lot less lately. Cool. Do, do, do you play a specific instrument? You have a favorite instrument? Uh, yeah, I play like, um, guitar and I sing and I play bass and I program synthesizers. Um, programming synthesizers is super fun. I really love it. Um, and yeah, I guess I do a lot of music production. I've always done a lot of music production. Cool. So when do you think you're going to like say, all right, I built, I built all these awesome platforms, decentralized platforms. It's time to settle down. Do you think you're going to ever settle down, Jake? Do you think you're ever going to retire and just like go and travel the world or do whatever you want to do? Oh, this is a really open question. I don't know if I actually have it in me, in me to do that for a while. Like I probably will just keep like moving on to the next thing for, for a while. Um, I don't know. You're fully just, dedicated to the space. You're fully dedicated. You could oh, see yeah, yourself totally. doing this at like the age of 60 years old. So like helping out with other projects. I don't know. And, I don't know about yeah. 60. Um, <laughs> I think at some point I'd like to work a little bit less. Um, uh, and like, yeah, I think at some point I'd like to work a little bit less. Uh, the, uh, the girls I date also hope that I work a little bit less, but you know, um, for everything, there's a season. And right now this is the time to like, just like crush it. And, um, I don't know. I'll probably like keep going for a while. I think something like DAOs, it, it just never ends. Like, um, sure. You can build the like, tooling that works with crypto or whatever, but like the applications just never end. So I could see myself like just working on that for like the next 10 years. Just be like, eventually like you get into things like local governments that want to run as DAOs or uh, biotech companies that want to run as DAOs. You know, it's, it's just never going to end. I'll probably just like keep doing this until um, either that or at some point, like, you know, who knows, like, you know, 10 years from now, I might go on like an ayahuasca trip and then I'll just be like, you know, I'm going to write poetry for the rest of my life. <laughs> that... Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Don't don't scare people more than they are right now, bro. Don't. don't no, 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 no plans for trips like that. I'm just saying, like, who knows, in 10 years, it's hard to say. Yeah, I hope Reckness is not in here because you know how they are. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I really enjoyed this. Whoa, that would totally be on rec news. Oh my gosh. It would totally be on... I, I fucking enjoyed this so much, dude. I feel like we got to know you more as a person because the, the spaces that we, we normally have are just like, okay, what are you building? Okay. What are you going to do next? Uh, you know, uh, blah, 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 blah. Like it's always like that, right? You never really get the opportunity to just sit down and enjoy a nice like chat. Like if you were at at a coffee shop or at a bar, just having a casual conversation with somebody. So I think it's good that we have these more often, you know, Jake? Yeah, I think these are great. Um, though, like I was also like ready to like address all the, you know, burning questions that I'm sure people have, you know, but like, uh, these, are, these are also good. I actually think these are also good. Like right now during like the 
kind of like bear market times, like where we do have like a, a bit of a closer community of like the people that actually care and like, you know, like learning about like other people's struggles and how they got to where they are. And, you know, I think that's all like pretty good. And I really appreciate you guys for like everything you've done to like build community in this space. It's like super great. Thanks, Jake. Um, I got another question for you and it might be a little bit personal, but um, are you seeking a relationship right now or are you putting that off for later or maybe there is somebody out there that you kind of already like you know have a, have a crush on um what if what if they're a competitor well <laughs> uh no i, I mean I, I try not to like date girls that work in crypto that's like uh yeah um you know, I'm 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 getting by. I don't think I'm looking for like a super serious relationship right now, but you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it if it like if it happens. Um Yeah, I I don't know. That that is a pretty personal question, but I'm doing okay for myself. Cool. So. Cool, cool. It's it's good because it maintains your focus. I can tell you that like um when you start getting feelings for somebody your mind gets a little cloudy so you're maintaining your focus on what you want to keep doing keep building that's good yeah focus focus is good you know it's good to have some distractions every once in a while but um yeah i i don't i also don't think that like uh you have to be in the right mental space for like a really long-term or like really like serious relationship um and yeah i just don't know if like this like the the bear market all-time low vibes are like the best time (laughs) for me to like kind of be in that kind of state um but you know i I do i do have relationships that like i think work for me at this moment in life which i'm very happy for and thankful for you got a lot of friends jake you got a lot of friends and if uh, you could tell your, I mean, because I, I know there's people out there that are like, wow, like Jake is my idol. I want to be J- like Jake uh, and I want to follow like his footsteps. What would be something that you would love for them to um, hear coming from your mouth? Wow, these questions are. are uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, just. Uh, don't don't have any idols or heroes. You know, people are just people. who will also make mistakes. There's also like, like, I don't know. No one's perfect. I've done shitty things. Everyone does shitty things. Like, I don't know. Um, this also goes for like people that are quote unquote bad people too. It's like, they, it doesn't mean you shouldn't hold them accountable for their actions or whatever. But you know, usually they're not like. I don't think no one's a hundred percent bad and no one's a hundred percent good either. I don't know if that was what you wanted. That's, for your question. <laughs> that's, that's fair, man. That's cool. Uh, I do have a technical question about mesh security um, that I want to get, you know, I, I want you to answer it because I don't want them to be like, Oh, he didn't ask all the questions. Anyway, how is, how are you feeling about mesh security and what kind of time frame are we looking at? Okay. So mesh security is shaping up really well. Also, kudos to Osmosis for like really helping uh, like support some of this stuff um, next year financially, which is extremely important because like uh, 
Osmosis was smart enough to like actually like diversify their treasury, and that's great. Um, so they're like really helping uh, fund uh, teams like Confio to like help like develop mesh uh, in the next year. Um, we have like a decent prototype that like I don't think it's production ready at the moment, but it's a good proof of concept, um, and it's it's developed quite a bit since um, since the hackathon. We've been working on it, and if you follow the repo, you see there's actually like pretty pretty um it's actually pretty active and you're actively working on it in terms of the time frame uh so a bunch of shit came up and i know i originally said that we could test in prod before the end of the year and i actually do think this is still possible but like i also don't want to like get all burnt out and like get exhausted by trying to like make this happen by the end of the year because it's i'm tired i only have so much energy god damn it um so I think a better time frame. Also, like even if we could ship it like with Juno and Chihuahua chain, like we want to make something that's like really robust and also has good UX. Like if we like shipped it like now, it would like not be great. You'd have to like unstake your Juno and then and then restake it. And there there are a bunch of other stuff like that we want to make a lot nicer. Um and thankfully, uh, the Osmosis team has like helped to contribute some resources on the SDK side to like help make that happen. So, again, like props to them. Uh, in terms of time frame, so like uh, the current plan is Q1. We are going to have like a fully working like version on Osmosis Juno testnet. Uh, Q2, we are going to deploy with low market cap chains. Uh, I think the Chihuahua community has like voiced eager I, I think that'd be really great i think like uh like just prove a concept one way juno helping secure wawa like that'd be a really awesome awesome thing to do um in the meantime we'll also be like drumming up like a lot of marketing and stuff around like q2 the goal is to launch like full mesh security in production with high value chains like 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 Juno and Osmosis, and I hope some others as well. Um, the goal for that is Q, Q3. Um, and that'll be like the full working version that I could not be more stoked about. I, I really do think that um, mesh security is, is like the best interchange security solution. Um, and I think people are going to be like really stoked with, with how it turns out. Um, and I think there will actually even be a bunch of meshes. It's it's really important for Juno as well as we're kind of like, you know, this incubator for the interchain. We've had projects like Passage 3D that launched like the first version of their marketplace on Juno and now they're launching their, their own chain. I've talked with the founders and they'd love to use mesh security with Juno. And this is a really great way that, you know, we can help incubate projects and like continue economic ties and relationships with them. So like mesh security is going to be a game changer. I've also been talking with like um, a lot of like uh, VCs and funds. I think you also know when you're kind of like getting towards the end of the bear market when people are like, hey, I think we might want to like buy some some tokens, you know, um, that's usually a good sign. Uh, but I've been talking with them a lot and they're super stoked about mesh security. Like, um, and these are people that are not like normally like Cosmos investors. Like these are, these are people that are like, we're like traditionally interested in like Ethereum and stuff like that. So like mesh security is like really, uh, captured like a lot of interest beyond Cosmos. Um, 
which is another reason why I'm like pretty excited about it. Uh, but yeah, that's the time frame. So like Q1, we're going to see like a testnet uh, kind of version. Uh, maybe test and prod. Um, we'll see. I don't want to make like too many promises. I actually like this more conservative timeline. Um, but Q2, uh, definitely test and prod. Um, like I said, we could probably like rush that, but I, we don't need to rush these things. We just need to build something that like works extremely well and is beautifully architected and will support, you know, the next thousand chains or whatever. Um, I really do think that mesh security is infinitely superior to uh, interchain security, but you know, I don't, I don't like shitting on interchain security too much, but it sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> and yeah, it's okay. Like we're in no rush right now, dude. We are in the building phase. There's no point in rushing shit. <laughs> yeah. I am really excited to like have, you know, be p- playing a leading role in, in this. And it's like really great to like partner with osmosis in this. Um, I think, I think it's going to be a big fucking deal. Um, and we should just do it right. Um, and we're going to do it right. And we've got some, we got like a great amount of resources. Like we've got some great devs, which, you know, like, uh, Zeke from Dadao and, uh, Artemix, uh, people don't know Artemix as much, but you know, he's been like helping me with a lot of stuff. Um, and so we've, uh, and, and we've got the Confio team, you know, Ethan Fry, the creator of Cosmosm, like, um, and some of their best devs, like, and then we have like the whole osmosis team. Like it's really fucking OP team. Um, and I think the, the vision for mesh security, we're also going to be writing a, an architecture document in Q1. Cause there were a lot of people like when mesh security came out, it was really funny. Like the, at Cosmoverse, like mesh security was unveiled for the first time. And then suddenly like a whole bunch of people had like a bunch of takes and analysis on it, you know, um, without like, like there wasn't like we just had the hackathon version, um, and like the, like ICF like put out this like calculator. They like literally built a whole website to um, model mesh security, which again hasn't even been built behind beyond like prototypes status. But they like literally paid to like build a whole website to be like I, I, I don't really get it. Um, Anyway, uh, I don't really care what they, what they spend their money on or what they do. Uh, I thank them for supporting the Cosmos uh, and open source projects built on Cosmos. Um, and yeah, we're just trying to build like the best mesh security possible um, that will uh, yeah, support the future of the interchain. Uh, we're working on, I don't know how technical people want to, like, or deep dive into mesh. Like, I'm happy to spend the rest of this time talking about mesh. Um, we are also working on making mesh security a little bit more flexible. So there's going to be this big mesh, which is like the high value Cosmos chains, like Osmosis, Juno. Uh, we're going to have to work to, you know, build that alliance or that federation or whatever we call it. Um, but there's going to be other meshes too. Um, for example, like Juno could have its own like small mesh of like projects that were like incubated out of Juno. Uh, some of the things that we're going to try to support is we're going to have meshes where by cross-staking, uh, you get, actually can vote in the other chain's governance. Uh, and we're also going to have meshes where um, probably the big mesh is going to like, like, for example, uh, the, what we're working on with Juno and Osmosis, like 
uh, if you cross stake your Juno or if you cross stake your Osmo, you're not going to be able to vote in the other chain. But we're going to make it in as we're building mesh security so that there's an option. So we don't picture a world of just one mesh, just like there's not one military alliance. Like there's NATO, but there's a lot of other like kind of smaller alliances and stuff too. Um, and so we're, 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 we're not building a one size fits all solution is, is what I'm getting to. Um, and we're allowing for like different types of customization. So we can have meshes where by cross staking, you can have governance power and we, we're going to allow for mesh, meshes where by cross staking, uh, you don't get any governance power. You just provide economic security, but you don't get to vote. Um, and we're going through all these design decisions and we're going to be like outlining them in like an architecture document in, in Q1, which I think will help everyone have like a much better discussion about mesh security. Uh, and yeah, I, I literally could not be more stoked. I think it's going to be like really sick. I think it's going to be a huge like game changer also for the cosmos. Uh, and I really do think it's going to get like a lot of other communities that normally wouldn't care about the cosmos, like Ethereum to like actually really care about the cosmos. Cause guess what? You can use other assets to secure the interchain like Ethereum or like Bitcoin. Um, and that's going to be a huge game changer. That means like you're not just relying on like the economic security of like the cosmos hub, but you're like literally like can like add like the security of like Bitcoin and like Ethereum into the mix. That to me is, that to me is just crazy how you could, how you can do that. Yeah, it's going to be good times. That's why we just got to survive, keep building, focus on what we can do day to day, take care of ourselves and yeah, get through to the next season. Well, just, I got no more other questions from the community at this point, but I just want to say again, like I do, I do appreciate the time you took to, uh, I'm on the space and, you know, just share with the community what you're all about. Really. We don't really have these opportunities to, to interview people in this way. Oh, that was great. Um, actually enjoyed this and I hope it was like useful for some people and I hope I didn't ramble too much, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm stoked. We're building the future and we just have to survive and get through the tough times and focus on what we can do to move forward. And if we do, we're going to go far. Thanks, Jake. And I will, um, I will message you later on uh, because I need you to pick the next guest for this space. Uh, someone that you would love for us to do an interview on. Um, we're, we're mainly sticking to like... Um, you know, community members that are putting so much time into this space. And yeah, I'm, I'm really eager to, to hear who do you want us to interview next? Cool. Uh, I'll have a think. I've, I've, I've got, I mean, there's so many choices. And I also have to figure out who you've already interviewed. So, you know. Yeah, I'll send you that list later on. We've only, you're the 11th guest. So the, the list is short right now, but it can get bigger. But thanks again, Jake, for real. Appreciate it, dude. You have a, you have a good night. Yeah, you right. too. Um, thank you for hosting these spaces, and I hope everyone has a good night. All right. Well, are you still until next time? A, are you still sipping on some a whiskey or, or gin? Yeah, I had it. I had another one actually. You know, so now I need to like drink some tea and like get back to trying to program. But I'll probably <laughs> just get distracted by other things. It happens. All right. All right, Jake. Have a good one. Thanks again, and uh, everybody listening. And thanks for for stopping by. Uh, this uh, this space is recorded, so you guys can go back and listen to it. And also, Terra Spaces is recording it. 
Thank you so much, TerraSpaces, for recording it. It'll be up on the TerraSpaces website. Donate to TerraSpaces. Yes, donate to TerraSpaces. And thanks. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Cosmic Community, hosted by Lil Gaines, with Jay Cartnell, the Dow Dow Maximalist Dow 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 Dow. Recorded on Thursday, Dow December 15th, 2022. I'll see myself out. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, you want more jokes like that, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Pay me not to tell jokes. Waking up like a basement dweller, stepped out the door and heard racist yelling. 2020, what an ugly shit show, staring at the fucking rig roll from the get-go. Looking outside, the whole state's on fire. The fuck do you expect when you embrace the liars and replace the writers with AI just like us? Emaciated models killing bright birds. First in, last out, picture me rolling. The worst time to cash out, so what you holding? The Burks gonna cash cow country stolen. Drooling over chicken like the goose is golden. Trying to be so full, spitting that molten lava from the bottom of the caldera. I'm hot and gonna put it in a bottle and offer it to the god who hit the gas full throttle, blasting off in a rocket. There are many people who will, will see things happen to them that are in their favor. So someone's looking over me. That's a, that's a fascinating phenomenon when that happens. And what, when you analyze those situations, what you find is, is that we as humans simply have a profound inability to understand statistics and probability. Stitching these writings, living that life like Who would have guessed you turn out this nice, right? Avoiding stress, that's the motherfucking secret Print that shit on a motherfucking leaflet I'm just an asshole hooked on the bricks Looking at the rectangles, damn they kinda thick We've gone through a whole lot of kings here Cutting off heads just to bring cheer Getting all fired up, Tiger King, line them up When you give an arm and a leg just to try the junk On some first time buyer's luck Alexa, set a reminder and remind me to buy a bunch And put your hands up if you fuck this year And keep them in the air if you're picking up the spare And put your mask on just to go outside Looking at the planet about to downsize So climate change will not make Earth Basically, every other coastal city that we've spent thousands of years building uh, in the, since the dawn of civilization. Terra spaces. <laughs> <laughs>